What is up? What is up? How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're doing amazing. Todd, how are you tonight? Uh, not too bad. I do want to say one thing. Al, every single time I see the intro in your prison photo, in your uh, NWUs on the bottom corner, and the one that they show in the beginning of the show, man, that just makes me laugh so much. Pick that out. Tell her I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was her, it was her favorite one. Yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't it be? Everybody likes a bad boy, but I think that's fine because it don't even look like you, I think. That's sad. It, hurts. it really kind of hurts my heart. It, you don't have the no shave chin in it, dude, and that's what it is. Shh. <laughs> Fuck that. So what did you guys do this week? Anything important? Anything special? Anything go on? I went and hung out with the Air Force and seen how the other side lived up in Whiteman Air Force Base in Old Nobnoster. Aptly named, by the Fuck way. Fuck those guys, bro. They got it made. I'm so fucking pissed. I joined the Navy. <laughs> if my ASVAB score would have been like, uh, I don't know, 12 points higher, bro. Life would have been a whole lot different, dude. <laughs> I got a chance to go up to Dallas, man, to help my brother-in-law fix his uh, roof. Out in the sun, you know, good bonding time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah. That sounds it, it was hot. Horrible. It was hot. <laughs> it was horrible. But that's when you got to come through when it's rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Well, man, I uh, I look. Uh, I was pretty boring then. I just worked. I don't know. We just worked. But we're back. However, Ty, what'd you do this week? You probably made a lot of money, right? Helped a lot of veterans find homes. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I go for. But what I was trying to get at is that comedy show we all went to last week. Oh that was man, the weekend. that was that was the weekend, bro. Yeah. Well, man. I mean, it was, it was since the last show within the last that, week. My bad. That shit was badass. Well, since you bring it up, man, that was. was you know what? It gets the more fire. It's the more fire tab for that. Comedy nice. show was a blast, man. We had a good time, man. Comics was good. I'm never staying at Matt Johnson's again. I'm gonna stay with. With with DJ Royalty, or I'm staying with Ty because fucking Matt's ass don't sleep, motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker don't eat. He just gets up and works. I'm like, nah, this ain't for me, bro. <laughs> the only joke there was Albert. That First of all, is, Josh, is that your boy Josh Morris? Yeah, oh Josh, don't me don't me bring out your uh, hey motherfucker. I'll bring out the damn high school your high school picture. Keep talking shit. It's in here somewhere. Chase White's talking shit too. Y'all made Hero look too pretty on his animation you're using. Oh. You're saying you're not a handsome dude. He knows I'm handsome. Ask his sister. <laughs> oh, here we go. Look, oh, can can y'all see that little Josh Morris in high school while he's talking all that shit, looking like Adam, looking like little Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, yeah, he does. Look like Adam Sandler. I, you know what? I'm a little concerned that you had his picture from high school in your desk drawer. What do you think I masturbate to? I got pictures of you too, bro. Oh, let me see him. <laughs> you don't want to see those. They're probably stuck together, right? Those. That's the we'll one you use the most. Hey, we'll be canceled tomorrow, bro. If I put him pictures out. Huh. All right, so uh, I got a, a message here from Caitlin Fight. It says, I'm only watching this because I got bullied by my husband. So I guess it's time to bring on the guest so she can see her husband. The man so, of the uh, There you go. Yeah. So our guest this week is a guy named J. Alberto Fight. I served with him in the Army back in, I think I met him in 2004. We deployed to Afghanistan together and then Iraq again in 2007 for one of those 15-monthers. So he has a lot of insight on – me as a leader, I guess. And then he has a lot of insight because he's a licensed clinical social worker. I'm probably more proud of this dude as anybody that I ever worked with in the army. Um, just because of, well, there's reasons, but 
I'll, I'll let him get into that. Hey, without further ado, let me welcome Jay Alberto Fight. We all call him Berto. There hey, guys. You. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for the kind intro, Ty. Yeah, well, that's I the did, least I, I can do, right? I didn't know you had it in you. To be nice? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, look, okay. Inter introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about your service and everything, and then I, I want you to tell these guys what it was like working with me. But yeah, what, you know, it's where all my trauma comes from working with you. No, I'm I kidding. don't doubt it. I mean, <laughs> people that work with me, there's a lot of them that had to become therapists just get over that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly why I became a therapist. Right. Um, so I was originally born in Costa Rica. Uh, I'm a bicentennial baby, born in 1976, moved to the states in 1980. Uh, kind of flowed around through school and stuff. And um, when 9-11 happened, I was actually on the Woodrow Wilson Bridge and actually saw the plane that hit the Pentagon. And um, I had family working there and I had family working at the World Trade Center. So <clears throat> needless to say, um, I wanted some revenge and I wanted to commit some violent acts. Um, and so I joined the Army. Uh, on top of that, uh, I was drag racing and doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff. So I figured the army walks everywhere. So it sounds like a good plan considering I had a uh, revoked license at the time. Um, oh, I never so I knew that. You had a revoked license when you first came in? Hell yeah, dude. A recruiter's dream. <laughs> army <laughs> first anybody, bro. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> uh, and so what, <laughs> what happened is I went on my first deployment and lo and behold, no points. So I got to get my license back. Uh, but yeah, no, we, uh, I joined up in, uh, 03, um, got to go to Fort Benning, I guess now it's, uh, I don't even know the new name, Fort Moore, I guess, uh, did basic training there. And then I went to, uh, Fort Gordon, which I think is now Eisenhower, um, graduated there top of my class, got assigned to, uh, 716th military police battalion and police I was supposed to go. Yep. And I was supposed to go to 101st MP company, which is where I think you were at when I first got to Campbell. Um, but with my interview with the S3 Sergeant Major, they decided to pull me and keep me in HHD. So and why is that, Berto? Why, why would somebody pull you after meeting you for the first 15, 20 minutes? Why would somebody pull you to their company? Oh, my 201 file was stellar. I, you know, I was a distinguished honor grad. I, you know, the only, the only thing that sucked was my running. So, so yeah, I used to get all over this guy for uh, for talking too much to officers. Like he was a uh, he was I think he was a PFC when I first met him, and he would wax poetic with officers for hours. And I would be like, Berto, you're telling those lieutenants entirely too much information. They're, you're going to get them in trouble." And but he kept on briefing them. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Berto. No, no, no. And I did. I got Captain <laughs> Lieutenant Brewer, or Captain Brewer, in trouble various times. <laughs> I mean, he got, yeah. we got, we got told that he was never allowed to go to a jock meeting um, and they preferred for me to go. So there you go. Yeah. Well, that, that was, you know, you had a, a very good knowledge of everything going on too. So uh, yeah. I won't hold that against the uh, old Sigo there. Yeah. All right. So, so what happened after you got to seven sixteenth? Uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, I was the, I was 27 and yet I was the youngest person in the shop. Uh, so that was Definitely interesting and the lowest ranking at that point. Uh, I had various uh, specialists at that point telling me to slow the hell down, stop shining my damn boots, stop pressing my uniform because I was outshining everybody. And, you know, the big thing, like you said job, before, right? Please don't do a good job. Just you ah. know, continue to stay in the back. <laughs> You're a level of shit bag. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so like Ty was saying, right? Like I, I had no shame. I did not care who you were or what rank you were. If I needed to talk to you, I would talk to you. And that's how I got a lot of things done. So working in the six shop, I learned very quickly that, you know, I had a lot of freedom. So I was able to go and go to like the division headquarters and go hang out for an hour or two and then come back with all the intel of everything that was about to happen in the next 30 days or so. So we, we would jump on stuff and we, we never got gigged for any of that stuff. And so I remember more than once Ty <laughs> coming up to me going like, you went to image two computers. Why the fuck are you back in three, three hours later? <laughs> I'm like, well, did you know that this is happening? This is happening. This is happening. And like, no, well now, you know, so now we need to like, develop a plan. Right. <laughs> You're forgiven for that one. Yeah. <laughs> You can go eat now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Right, so so uh, go ahead. So what? What's uh? When was your first deployment? It was uh the 2005 in Afghanistan, right? Yeah, December 04 to December 05. Uh, so what was it like? What was it like joining the military at 27 and then having to start deploying and completely changing your lifestyle? I mean, I know you uh, very well, so I know your lifestyle changed. But talk about like how your lifestyle changed after coming into the military, like the good things, bad things. And then shout out to first Sergeant Lonnie Lochner. Thanks for listening, buddy. Oh, Hey Lonnie. Um, the really, it was no big change, man. Uh, you know, I, the way I've described the deployment minus all the firefights and shit was honestly, it was boy Scouts for adults, man. We were doing stupid shit. Waiting had just come out. So people were showing their nutsacks all over the place. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, Al Hero would have probably uh, fit very well into our unit. He was, he was a bit rude like the rest of us. Uh, Berto, I yep. got really small nuts, bro, but you know, they Hold say on. the smaller potato, the bigger that steak looks, baby. You know what I'm saying? You would have fit in great in our smoke pit slash near beer drinking parties at the armory. Yeah. Yeah, Ty, you forgot to say pause when you said that because you said you think that Al Hero would fit really nice in your unit. What are you talking about, bro? You got to. Oh, my, my fault. My fault, pause. maybe, guys. I'm talking army talk right now. You got to say pause. into our into our unit. No, we know you're talking army talk. That's why he's asking. That's, that's why I'm asking. You got Nate, Ty. Yeah, so the unit. Yeah, I got you. You got Navy guys on, bro. You mentioned the, the word unit. We all get excited, get all, <laughs> get all glossy eyed and shit. We're like, oh, it's like our first deployment with all the guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? But a deploy, deploy, your deployments are nothing but a cruise, Al. Come on now. Yeah. I've, never been, I've never been on a ship, but I'd love to get on with all those sexy lady boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of pillow, there's Spencer Pillow right now. Oh, pillow. Thanks for listening, P. Master P. Uh huh. We had a uh, pretty interesting 15 month deployment there. Hey, man, my man, yeah. Hector Gomez is on here too. Hector yeah, Gomez hey, is a legend, man. Hey, and Dan McKinnon, bro. Oh, Dan, bro. <laughs> He's talking shit already about us being second place. Whatever, bro. Whatever, you misspelled bro. has-beens. Hey, hey, look at this, look at this profile picture, bro. Got his shirt off, looking in his gut, looking all, all baby-oiled up and shit. Punctuation matters. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Not in the civilian world. We're not, you know, writing evals and none of that no more. It doesn't matter. They misspell everything in the civilian world. <laughs> I haven't used correction uh, correct punctuation since I left college, dude. Nobody's Dang. even asked me about you went it. To college, you joined the army. That's fucked up. You must have went to Joko jo or what do they call it? 
junior college. Where'd you, where'd you go, Berto? Where'd you go to school, brother? I went to uh, Austin Peay State University hey. out at, uh, outside of Fort Campbell. Nice. Okay, you went to a real school. Shout out to all my <laughs> Trident, all my Trident and, and, and Phoenixes. Right. <laughs> so now you mentioned Austin P. Speak on that for a minute. You started taking classes before you even got out of the military, right? No, actually, uh, our old fueler, Tim George, gave me the best advice that I ever got, man. He said, take a year off, dude. Don't do shit. And right. thanks to Obama, man, I got to extend that for a full year. I got out in Halloween of 2010, and I started school that following August. And shout so, out to Obama. Hell <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah! Let me let me stay at home for a year. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, actually, I was on my way to see you. Uh, you were coming back from a deployment. At, uh, you were at Wismer, and I coordinate with your uh, wife, and I drove out there in a little 2.5 liter BMW Z4. Oh, uh, I remember that surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, damn baller, you spent all your BH on that shit. <laughs> uh, you should see the car that I drive now. <laughs> yeah, I just got rid of a, a 2018 Honda Civic Type R and I bought a BMW uh, M Roadster. Damn, bro. Oh, we're going to yeah. talk about why he buys all these crazy cars. So I'll tell you. Uh, so I worked with Berto, I guess, starting in 2004, and he had this. The first car that I remember him having when he was in the Army was is an Acura TL, right? CL. CL CL. So I remember driving on I-24 uh, in re ridiculous speeds. I hope the statute of limitations has gone on that. But yeah, it, I remember you being a great driver. So what what's up with uh, the Vet Motorsports? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, hold on. Let's let let's back up and let me finish the Austin P story, and oh, then we'll bad. get into Vet Motorsports. So. At, uh, EJ Kessering, who was a lieutenant uh, with us when we deployed, he was a captain in Colorado doing ROTC, I think. And he and I were talking as I was on my way to see you. And he was like, dude, what do you miss about the Army? And I was like, dude, helping Joes get to their goals and doing, you know, getting to wherever they need to be. So he's like, have you considered social work? I was like, no, man, that sounds like some bullshit job. So <laughs> I started doing some research and I realized, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. There's a lot of flexibility here. So while I was at Austin P, I co-founded the Tennessee Patriot Fund, um, and that was a nonprofit that helped veterans and get them connected. So we took the NCO approach. Like, you didn't know where to go, no problem. We grabbed you by the scruff. We took you where you needed to be. We put you in, the, in contact with the right people, and that's where we, what we did. And then soon after I started that, I got approached by the president of the university to expand the food pantry. Uh, when the food pantry started at Austin P, it was a two-by-four closet. By the time I left, we had taken over a frat house. We had some acreage on a four acre, uh, 400 acre farm to provide fresh food. We had chickens. We had, uh, like, it was nuts, man. Like, it, it was an amazing experience for sure. And it definitely tapped into a lot of the stuff that I was running in social work school. And then for the job that I wanted, um, I couldn't do it with a bachelor. So I went ahead and got my master's at Austin P as well. And then now I'm a licensed clinical social worker since uh, 2019. Now for Vet Motorsports, uh, I got an email from a county VSO. They said that there was this organization that was willing to put vets in cars. And so I signed up. I went to the event, realized they were based out of uh, Ohio. And I talked to the CEO after the event and I was like, bro, what? Why are you flying people from, Calif you know, from uh, Ohio to California? I'm here. Let's do something. Within 30 days, I was flying out to Texas, learning how to run an event. 
And then uh, I started running my own events. And as of last year, I'm the West Coast uh, Chief Operating Officer for Vet Motorsports. So basically, <laughs> thank you. So um, the Vet Motorsports, uh, we've had a couple of the Houston reps. I don't know their names right now, but they've come out and done some stuff with our VFW here. And yeah. uh, I love the program. I love watching it. I love, I, I've not been able to be a part of it yet, but I think it's great therapy, like any type of therapy that you can get for veterans in order to get some of that adrenaline, you know, the, the pre mm -hmm. uh, preparedness that you have to be for it. I think that plays right into what a veteran likes. Y'all yeah. giving free shit away? Y'all giving free cars away? That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I'm, down, I'm <laughs> down on my luck, bro. I'm behind on child support. I, I'm down on my luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got some free cars, bro. I can, I, 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 can be, I can be like Tyrone and give you a ride. How about that? Hey. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll write you a post-dated check for the gas money, bro. That's all right. That's why you're getting your hat February 31st, bro. Damn, that hurts. Damn. <laughs> and I'm going to be in Cleveland having <laughs> somebody's daughter if I don't get my shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it wouldn't be right if we didn't slow down, man, because you said something that was very important that I think that's very important to come out, man, that you went back and you got your master's, man. Shouts out to you for that, bro. Oh, thank you. You know, you did that real quick. You know, you the bastard didn't work, so I went back and got my master's and yeah, then I started yeah. doing car. Can't fly by that, man. That's that's a <laughs> positive achievement, man. Hey. So for, for about 10 years, I guess, I was at Fort Campbell, and I think Berto was with me for six or seven of those years. Uh -huh. uh, and anytime I needed any class taught, I knew who to talk to because he, he could literally teach something out of his out of his pocket. He could pull it out of his ass and make it sound great uh, because he was just that knowledgeable about all the things that, we, you know, was under our purview. But also, he enjoyed doing that shit, too. I think yeah. him being on the podium, that's where he belongs. So I am super proud of this dude for, for doing what he's doing and helping veterans like he's doing. Because, I mean, I, re I remember Berto the soldier, and I remember how awesome he was. But I also knew that he was capable of so much more than just being, you know, some lower enlisted 84. Not that that's a bad thing, but this dude, I'm telling you. Right, hats off to you, brother. I'm Appreciate more it. proud of you than I've been of anybody that I've ever served with. I, I love you. So thanks. Thanks for being my first guest on our show. By the way. Yeah. Oh, it's not. I had no idea. Yeah. The first two, one, man. You don't want to the be first four two. episodes. We just talked about ourselves. Well, Berto, yeah, the way so. we did it was we had, we had face shots of everybody and your uh -huh. beard reminded me of somebody that I know. So I was like, shit, that's number one. It was a murder board. Yeah. 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 Like many, I like get many to be of us, I didn't get enough gray. Yeah, like many of us, the day that I I signed out of the unit, I decided I'm never putting a razor to my face. There you go. Just to your head. Yeah, just, just to your head. That's what I. Was I don't even. I don't even shave my head, man. I use clippers. There you go. Yeah. I'm with you on that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you must got those Andes. You got those good ones, man. Mm -hmm. I use slippers on my back and my chest and my pubes, so I, we're in the same boat, bro. We're there. Pillow says, "Me or Berto?" Did you duct tape it to a uh, selfie stick to get the to get the crack in? I did. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually had one of my kids hold the flashlight. Like, son, oh, this wow. is what I this is what you here for. You know, stop crying. Hold the fucking light. Stop the all tears out your face. Let me hold you. Hold my leg up. And you hold this light. So you're saying that yard work is the only reason you had kids. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Berto, what, uh, yeah. do you have any funny stories of, like, losing equipment or anything like that? Or 
Oh, let's, not mention, let's not mention any names. I don't want uh, to piss a certain person off. All I know is we're, we're supposed to get a tattoo, and that never happened. I don't even remember the damn serial number, man. 118999. Is that what it was? Yeah, 11899 or 118999. I can't remember. See, you don't, need, you don't even know. You don't it is 11899. <laughs> All the numbers was in it, though. You know, you know why you Pillow don't know? Say it. Pillow knows it. Because you ain't get the statement of charges. That's why you don't know. Well, it's, I mean, that's because I wasn't signed for that stuff. That was that other dude that we will not mention his name. Right. Uh, no, I'm not talking about G either. I'm not talking about G. I'm talking about the other dude. The other mm. dude. So, yeah. hey, Brad, I got dude. a question for yeah. you. Yeah. This guy, Ty, right here, mm-hmm. is he, has he, was he always this mellow and calm while he served? Or was he a badass? <laughs> like, we need to know, man, because all, all I get is this. Bro. I get this nice teddy bear helping everybody type of guy. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I'm hearing that he was kick ass, you know what I mean? In a, in it's a-, a front, dog. It's a front. This dude, listen, if you walked into an office and there was trash in the center, Mm. you knew to get the fuck out Mm. quick. This dude was on a tirade. Oh, wow. Hey, can we talk about the orange door? Let's talk about the orange door. Uh, Yeah, uh, I don't know. No, let's not. No. No. What? Are you talking about breaking my hand? Yeah. Or no, no, no. It's not right. out the bag, hey, go ahead. Man, I don't even remember what the hell happened that because it was right. I think it was right after we had done Pip My Office. So we did a video just fucking around, right? Just army soldiers. And uh, we had this dude, what was his name? Bobo is what we call oh, him. Oh, yeah. Ter- Terry Faust. Yeah, yeah. Terry Faust. And uh, he redid Ty's office completely, man, like an L shape and freaking cabinetry and all this stuff. This dude did amazing work. And soon after that, the dipshit twins that we were kind of chatting behind the scenes about pissed Ty off. And he walked, stormed off, man. And he just straight jabbed the shit out of that orange door. So this, <laughs> I think to this day, you can't do a push up, right? You got to do you got to have a close fist. Well, well Yeah. I, that's how I initially got hurt, but it actually, I don't know if you remember, but Daniels was out there uh, messing with some BFTs and he closed my hand, the same hand in a door. So my, oh, my hand got closed in a door with the BFT. So it actually got broke like door, seven times or something, seven bones. I mean, but yeah, you punched the door and the door punched you back, bro. That's I punched the door because I was yelling at Birdo or I don't remember who I was yelling at somebody, <laughs> but the door, the door slammed on you because you punched the door. That was a yeah, door. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what you yeah. Riding near the beach, boy. Hey, hey, uncle, I'm here. Who, whose uncle is Mariah? Still standing, Phillips. You know who's you know whose uh, niece that is. That's mine, man. That, okay, gotcha. She belongs to me. So, so, are you about to ask how are we winning wars while we're pimping well, the offices? I, yeah, I want to know how the fuck are we out here winning wars and. And killing terrorists and the army's over here playing fuck fuck games and, and punching painting, doors. for one somebody painted the door orange. I'm confused on that already. You don't and want signal. They're punching you ain't part of you ain't part of the signal corps. That's all right. You, you just got disinvited from the fire pit. Man, that's fucked up. We don't talk about mm-hmm. the orange door. No closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, what, what was it like though? Working with you? Yeah. Uh, bro, it was confusing at times, to be honest, man. Like you were, sometimes you were, sometimes you were high, sometimes you were low and 
man, every time somebody fucked up, you were getting taped where I was getting taped. <laughs> like, it was some bullshit. Man. Yeah, I had a smart mouth. So uh, a lot of times I would piss, piss the wrong people off and I would get taped. But but Lonnie Lotioner, he's he's my first star and he's on here. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell him about uh, the rocket. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm going to just tell you right now. That name, Lonnie Lotioner, that's a gangster name, bro. <laughs> that's a gangster dude. He's, uh, he's about 6'3", I don't know, 250-something pounds, can lift about 800. He's a beast. That's hey, me. Bruce. I'll do that. Hey, Lonnie, send me some pics, bro. That sounds hot. Got some pics. <laughs> Share some pics, bro. I that's like big stuff. dudes. That's what hey, stuff you got James to say, like Lonnie. Oh, Spencer <laughs> called me bipolar. Good Lord. I've never been called that before, but yeah. I'll take it. Was it in a good way. Nah, I do believe your NCR said that you were abrasive at times. <laughs> yeah, oh, so I could be thing? abrasive. <laughs> I could be abrasive. Yeah. So now yeah, you, guys are, you guys have known each other how many years now? Since '04. So yeah, going so on 20 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Still friends. Still. Yep. So, so let me ask you guys this: for both of you, what's the one thing that you guys remember the most about serving together? What's mm. that one thing that? I think you guys, you know, what, what's the one thing that if you had to say, this is what I remember the most, what would it be? For me? Yeah. Both was uh, getting getting him prepped to go to the Tagab Valley with the uh, Special Forces guys. That's, that's, that's the biggest <laughs> thing I remember uh, him, because he was, he was going to go out on this mission. I was the S6 NCYC. They needed somebody that was competent, so – him and a bunch of other badass leaders from 716th were going out to do like a jump talk and we needed somebody that can handle their business. And mm -hmm. at the time in Afghanistan, he could handle his business. So I had very other few options, but he was, he was the man. So he set up the entire truck, went out with them. And that was my, that was the best time for me. Damn. Yeah. Actually I almost got recruited from SF because of that mission. Oh, people used to hate on you all the time because of that SF patch you wore. Or the, yeah. the combat patch you had. People hated on him all the time. Hey, bro, you're you jealous. You look like you can kick exactly. some ass, man. You look like you can kick some ass, bro. I know some ass that kicks when I see it. You look, like, you look like you can kick some ass. I don't know if you hot wings or cold pizza, man, but you look like you hot wings. <laughs> I'm somewhere so, in the middle. Oh, I got a, I got a story for that. So we had we had these guys that, uh, you know, everybody's always lifting when they got back off missions. And so we had these guys who were like, oh, I'm up to, you know, 325. I'm up to 330, blah, blah, blah. And everybody would... I don't know, talk shit to Birdo or whatever. And Birdo was like, hey, Ty, come on, let's go to the gym. So we went to the gym and he, like, no sweat. He put up, was it 305 or something? Yep. Like he put up 305. Yep. And, then, and then doing research for this show, I found this picture. Now, I didn't ask permission for this picture, but tell me what's going on in this picture because you look yoked as fuck. Damn. <laughs> that, is, that is the picture of love, man. I fucking hate roller coasters. And my wife got me to get on that stupid damn roller coaster. Didn't tell me shit about it. Why are your eyes closed? Because I'm yelling at my wife that she's a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I hate roller coasters, dog. Listen, it's if not going to be that bad. <laughs> she told me it was like a kitty ride, man. That ain't no damn kitty ride. <laughs> and you believe me? Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Berto. You look like cold pizza in that picture, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I look like slapped ass in that picture, bro. Come on now. Damn. Yeah, no, th that's actually one of the things that probably affected me the most after both deployments is I don't like things where I'm not in control. 
So this is why I got into autocross. This is why I do track days, uh, all of those kinds of things, because I'm in control of the vehicle. And if the vehicle spins, <laughs> it's on me. There you go. Yeah. Right. But apparently what, that is definitely a kitty ride. That, that that's was. what Katie said. It's definitely a kitty ride. He had two hands on it, bro. He had two hands <laughs> Berto, can you see your screen? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Two yeah, hands she's talking shit, man. I mean, she's right inside the door. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> she can buy shit she wants. And you was gripping hard. I mean, your forearms, you was you had sweat on uh, upper lip sweat. You was yeah, you was grinding hard on that motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing. This this uh this guy right here, Lonnie Lotioner, he was I think I knew him when I first met him when he was the SRT uh NCOIC for 163rd, and then he became an operations sergeant for I think 551. I can't remember exactly. There's a lot of a lot of deployments. But I think I deployed with him three times. That dude right there is the epitome of a legend right there. And I did learn a lot of my abrasiveness from him because, I mean, he had a he had a mouth on him as well. And him and Brandon Hughes and Rich Woodring and and uh, Quentin Smith, those were my leaders, and they were all smart asses as well. All right. <laughs> well, check this out. And what? Go ahead, go on, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it wasn't about being abrasive, man. It was about being blunt and to the point, right? Like at the at some time, like when you're when you were going out, like when we were in Tagab, there was no time to be playing fuck fuck games. Shit needed to get done. Radios need to be hooked up and, you know, ComSec need to be loaded. Why am I going to pull punches? Right. Like, shut the hell up and do your job so that we can all relax. That was always the, the philosophy. I don't think it was anything about being abrasive. I know that was on your NCOER, but that's not, you know, that's never how I took it. Yes, sir. Bro, the military, no. Berto, I'll tell you, the military sure has changed, bro. Like, we that, you know, last of a dying breed, bro. I mean, the army wouldn't make it with you guys in there now because people would would be passing out. Oh, yeah, I think I'm the last one. He, yeah, there we go. I think I'm the last. Ace White's like, correct. You yeah, are screwed, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I'm the last one. I think to retire out of this whole group. I think I'm out two years now. But man, it was just you know it was crazy, bro. I, you'd be surprised yeah. now on the culture in the military now and how mm -hmm. you raise your voice, bro. That's you might yeah. be articled out the door. That's right. Oh my God. I got a I mean, story is it, about that. Is it shit. really that serious? Oh, tell it. Let's go. Oh, dude, we were prepping for, I think it was 05. We were prepping for our deployment. It was in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we all said, you know what? The six shops coming in, we're staying as late as we need to. And we're just going to get everything done and bump everybody, all, all the other sections. And we had this one kid come down and he's like, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to leave early today. And we're like, no. Like, oh, why, why do you need to leave early? And he's like, well, I'm a healer and people depend on me. And we're like, what in the fuck are no, you talking first, about? First bro? he said, we have a raid. Oh, he that's said, right. We, we had a raid. Yeah. I'm like, a raid? What are we doing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't get that email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're in Garrison. Like, we're at Fort Campbell. So I'm like, a raid? What What? What do you mean a raid? Uh, Go ahead. Right, this, dude, this joker was talking about wow like world of warcraft and we're like come on now no. so <laughs> so he was a healer and his raiding party needed him right yeah, okay yeah. yeah this is also the same kid who uh bought spent his whole first paycheck and then was crying because we worked with the mps so we didn't get a meal card so he had no money to eat so we <laughs> took him door to door to beg for dimes and quarters so he could get some ramen wow damn that's wild. Yeah. Man. Time to so he, wild he, shit, anyway, man. we uh, he he said, you know, hey, you know, I got a raid, so we all went up and started watching the raid on World of Warcraft because I think uh, 
Oh, good Lord. I remember that one too. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Let's not mention his name. Let's right. not mention his name. But right. uh, so we're, we're another deployment, another mission was coming up during the Iraq deployment and they needed somebody to go out. And um, at the time, this is when they were like, they were making people that were support MOSs go out with like the combat units, you know, combat patrols and whatnot. So this kid uh, was getting prepped to go out and I was like, Hey, you know, are you, are you a man? You're going to man up and do this. And he literally said, no, I'm, I'm a boy. No, and, no. Uh, I, I don't remember if he went on the mission or not, Berto, yeah. did he? Tap him on the yeah, show. Yeah. We, we couldn't find him the next morning. Right. right. So like he was off snot nose and shit and he was out back like in the smoke pit talking about this is some bullshit. You better be ready to write the letter to my parents and shit because you're sending me out to die. And then we all wake up. SP was uh, like uh, or he had to be at the trucks at like 530. We all got up at five. And we could not find this dude. This dude was sitting next to the front tire of the vehicle waiting for the fucking brief that was like in an hour and a half. And then he goes out and it was, it was something basic. It wasn't anything major. It was like, I think sensitive items inventory or something. Yeah. I think it was like and a he, retransmission or something. Yeah. So he joined. No, no, I was on, I was on the retrans. Yeah. So oh, okay, he, okay. he was doing sensitive items inventory. He comes back and all of a sudden he's like Johnny big nuts. And he's like, yo, I want to go out again. When's the next mission? They're like, really? <laughs> like 24 hours ago, you were thinking you were about to die, dude. Like, well, come I on. mean, Berto, him saying he's not a, not a man in today's military. He might get promoted for that shit, bro. There you go. Yeah. You shit. Yeah, hey, but- now, bro. But you know what? Back, though, you know what back, though, Al? You know, now I, we got to start writing that letter. You're that much of a badass. We need to, we need to figure this out real quick. Hold on. What but I, I'll tell you what, Al. You said something that that struck a chord. You said that we're we're the last of a dying breed. But I'll tell you what. Every generation that has served talks shit about the generation that's, that's after us. Oh yeah, we talked about that. I think in the second episode, the same that's, thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, when these so what guys are in charge, we are holy shit screwed. <laughs> I mean, do you really believe that, Matt, or is that just like conjecture? Because we're we're the old guys that thought we did everything right. But it happened to me. People said when right. I was going to get there that we were we were screwed. That's we're true. saying it right now, and then they're going to say it after that. They're they're say gonna it gonna say after right. But the one thing that you remember is the military has a structure and a way about them that they'll still figure it out and get it done. It's going to be done differently, which right. makes us go, "You guys suck." Right. Like it's different. It's not going to work. It's not going to be good. But at the end of the day, you got kids that they fucking play Call of Duty every day and they're over there playing smoke better than anybody ever could have. And like, but they're like, oh, this is pretty easy. You're like, what is this? You know, it's just a different time. But uh, right. They'll be okay. We were. Yeah, it's a different battlefield, man. It's it's more electronic, more technical, right? More technological. Like I remember one of the first mission that Ty sent me on, we, we had moved and jumped to uh, Shindad uh, out west in Afghanistan. And this dude goes up to me and he's like, hey, man, I need you to go get ComSec uh, tomorrow. I was like, all right, where am I going? He's like, you're going to go Herat. All right, that's not narrow enough. Where, where am I going? He's like, find the tallest fucking building. There's a shed up there and go find the E7 names, whatever. And I'm like, bro, you're sitting here telling me that we're the most powerful military in the world and the best instructions you can give me is go find the tallest fucking building with a shed <laughs> on top. Come on. And no bullshit. It was the best instructions. That was exactly how I found where I needed to go. Wow. Yeah, of course it was the best instructions. Right. There, yeah. was, there was that tall building. Right. There was that shed. I mean, yeah. was hey, and ISAP, ISAP was running that shit and the Italians were there, bro. Best damn child food I ever ate deployed for yeah. sure. 
had some uh, with that spaghetti MREs. <laughs> <laughs> so look, check this out. I got I got a question before we go to to break because we got to pay some bills. But my question to you, Berto, is this: and this this one's gonna go for everyone. You seem like a pretty muscle guy and everything. I need to know A or B. Who had the better physique? Was it Arnold Schwarzenegger or Lou Ferrino? You only can pick one. Arnold Schwarzenegger at his prime or Lou Ferrino, the Incredible Huck, at his prime. If you had to choose. Had to be Arnold, man. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Why? He was more defined. Like, Lou was bulky and he was muscular, but Arnold figured out how to cut it down. I mean, there are moves named after him. There are exercise, like the Arnold Press. Arnold Press, right? baby. Right here. You know right what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the OG. I mean, he's, now, he's the Austrian Oak, so just the way he moved made his muscles look better. And there was purpose to every movement he did on stage. I'm, I'm kind of a geek over Arnold Schwarzenegger, but go ahead. Did you see his yeah. glutes? Did you see his glutes? Oh, my God. But what you're saying, Ty, is you like the way he moves? I like the way he moves. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, don't you? Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, Al lo- likes watching him walk away. So there you go. <laughs> Somebody comment. I want to say this real quick. Josh Morris, you don't call me by my government name. My mama calls me Albert. You call me daddy. Okay? <laughs> don't, ever, don't call me Albert. You can call me poppy, poppy, daddy. Don't call me Albert, okay? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so you say so Matt, what, you what was your MOS, Al? So What'd I you do? In, I was in Navy. I was a I was a CB, and then I went through their cert program. So I was, a, okay. I, was I did long range long range engineering reconnaissance with the CBs. Okay, because you sound like a combo guy. And I was I, and I was a door kicker and a fake wrench turner <laughs> and piece of shit all the way around. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, just to give you some context, uh, Berto, like. Uh-huh. I, after knowing Al for the amount of time I've known him, uh, it seems like he and I did a lot of the same stuff. Like we would be in a certain place yeah. and then a certain person would be like, I like that guy. I want to deal with that guy. So, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. ComSec, whether it be EPWs or, or whatever it may be, he was always in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I got picked well, up, you know, snatched <laughs> up for the, you know. He said, you know that I set Ty up for our second deployment without even knowing that I set you up. Do you remember that? Uh, is that the, if you get tie, I'll go. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Tell that from, story. That's just funny. So we got back, uh, Oh five Ty was on a baby making like run. And so he had to deploy again cause he needed to make more money. So he deployed like three, <laughs> I think it was like three months later, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I deployed in 05 with HHD, came home, stayed home for three months and then deployed again. Right. So, with five, six, one. Right. Yeah. Right. So here we are. I'm, you know, I'm garrison at this point. I got my, you know, I'm re-upping, I'm going to Germany, I got my orders, everything's squared away. Sergeant Major comes in probably, I don't know, July, and he's like, bro, we need you to deploy, blah, 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 blah. I said, listen, I got my orders, man, but if you really want me to deck my orders, you get me certain cop. Me and because him there was another staff sergeant, at the time there was another staff sergeant that was uh, in charge of the S6 that was uh, subpar. Yeah, he didn't make it long. I, t- right. <laughs> I took that position. Real right. quick. Uh, <laughs> as an E4, I was a battalion combo chief. So there you go. So Ty, they land. I'm waiting for, you know, at the company. And all of a sudden, I see Sergeant Major and the Colonel walking in, and they grab Ty by the scruff and tr- throw him in the office. And I was like, Take me Fuck. into my office. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I couldn't catch Ty early enough to let him know what was going on. <laughs> and as it turns out, Ty goes, well, if you get me fight, I'll fucking deploy again. Well, there you go. 
So next thing you know, we're on our way to Iraq for 15 months. There you go. Yeah, the, the, they literally came in the office and said, we're trying to put together a dream team. We got one of them 15-month deployments. Who knows what the mission is going to be, but MPs are going to be landowners. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So yeah. 31 units, three branches under us. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. What's up? So we got to pay some bills here real quick, Birdo. So uh, stand right. by for one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's that time of the show, time to pay some bills. So uh, thank you to our sponsors, Got Your Six Culture, a veteran-owned T-shirt uh, company. They make custom cornhole sets. Summer's winding down. Go check their website out and buy a set if you want one. Um, also, uh, they got uh, a lot of other offerings going on, some clearance shirts on the uh, website. They also have some new designs that are coming up pretty soon. But the biggest part of the website that we want you guys to know about is the nonprofit part of it. So they do co-branded shirts with uh, veteran nonprofits, law enforcement, first responders, 25% of those shirt sales go to those organizations. So if you get a chance, check it out, grab you some of that uh, merchandise to wear and show that you got everybody six the way that uh, our community and country first responders and veterans do. Yes, sir. What you got, Scott? Oh, for sure. You know, you got to talk about the R&B Realty Group, RT Realty Group. Our brokerage is United Real Estate. We are defined <clears throat> when it comes to your real estate needs. If you're looking to buy, sell, rent, lease a home, uh, R&B Realty Group is your place to be. That's me, my wife, uh, my mother-in-law, and, and Susie Romizer. We take care of your all your real estate needs. So if you're looking to move, if you're looking to sell, buy, whatever, R&B Realty Group is a proud owner to take care of you for that. Oh, this one's me too? He's the next DJ. Hey, also, if you're hosting a party, if you want a party, you want to get out, you get out in the sun, have some fun in the sun, you're trying to do something nice, you want to just kick up, hey, call your man, DJ Royalty, that's me. Hey, we can do what we got to do. I am the MC in the place to be DJ Royalty. I take care of all of your DJ needs. We can mix it up. We can tone it down. If you have a private party, stripper party, pool party, Corporate party, Halloween party, Easter, Christmas, whatever it is, call DJ Royalty and we'll get that thing crackalacking for sure. And as you guys can see here in Houston on September 11th, Got Your Six is hosting their second annual 9-11 Golf Scramble. Uh, this one's it's, it's the biggest event that they do every year. Their whole uh, premise over at Got Your Six is to help veterans and first responders. This year, they're going to be supporting the Project Zero Alliance here in the Houston area. Uh, their mission is to help provide uh, mental health needs for veterans and first responders, take them on uh, getaways, shark fishing, overlanding, so they can get around uh, people that are just like them. And uh, we all in the veteran and first responder community know that the best therapy is to just be around people like you that understand you. So if you're looking to sponsor, we'd love to have you. If you like to play golf, we'd love to have you. And if you suck at golf, we'd love to have you. So Absolutely. Check out, yeah, check out the website. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a fellowship. It's going to have uh, some games going on. I heard we're going to have some walk-up music. It's going to be a good time. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys. If you have any questions, just DM us at the Triple Threat Vets Facebook page, and we'll get you all the info that you need. All right, like uh, we said earlier, we did attend the Friendly Fire Comedy Tour here in Houston. It uh, went off great. It was a great event at the American Legion 564 here in Houston. Uh, Drew Hernandez, Raul Sanchez, and Big Al Gonzalez. So big shout out to those guys. They put on a great show for veterans. 
So uh, we had about 300, maybe 250, 300 veterans in there just laughing their ass off. It was a great night. Uh, the last part of this uh, Friendly Fire Comedy Tour is going to be in San Antonio, San Antonio on 29 July. I'm told that this is sold out, but sold they out. may have some standing room. So uh, get out there, support us at Alamo Post 2, 3518 Fredericksburg Road. That's in San Antonio, 29 July. Great show. And then we got our friends over at the Project Zero Alliance, the same uh, great organization that got your six is supporting for their 9-11 golf tourney. As you can see, they got some events coming up. So what I want everybody to know is just because you may live somewhere other than Texas, uh, you can see they go to Colorado uh, to do overlanding trips. They'll go on trail rides. You can be from anywhere. If you're a veteran or first responder, you need some help, you want to get away, you want to get around some people that are just like you to kind of be back into that like community that we're used to being around, reach out to them, go to their website. All you have to do to qualify is be a veteran or a first responder and get yourself there. After that, these guys with their organization take care of everything and they'll make sure that you have a great time. And if you just need to just to get away, that's what they're there to do for you. So. Absolutely. And again, uh, this is uh, on the reading list for this, this uh, month. I actually watched this guy. He went to the border just to, just check out what's going on. This is post being a border patrol post being, you know, uh, an army ranger. He's, you know, just a, a guy that's a movie, you know, in TV shows now, but he actually went to border to check this out. And so with all the issue issues going on in the country, I just think it's good that this guy is still involved, still putting out the information, putting out correct information. That's not PC, you know, correct or anything. He puts out the real stuff that's there. So check out this book, check out Vincent Rocco Vargas, on all his social media and figure out what's the real deal is going on at our borders. So, and then uh, again, this is one of my favorite bands here in the Houston area, the kaleidoscope project. They do classic rock. It's always good. If uh, veterans can get out and listen to music, go to a comedy show, you know, just go out to eat. It's, it's good to get out because PTSD is an isolating bitch that wants to keep you away from everything that you do in your life. So get out and do some stuff. Give us a call. You know, we'll go with you. Uh, that was a, that was the last week's stuff. I do have one more thing. So this, this is something I want y'all to ponder. So after we had the thing about the uh, groups and duos, I'll bring, I'll bring Berto back in just one second. I went and looking at the billboard, um, roster for their top 20 MCs of all time. So I think we'll talk about this next week, unless y'all got some opinions now, but damn this list, I've got some issues with it. I, my, my first issue yeah, right now yeah. is number one. Jay Z is not number one, bro. I, I, Why would no, he be number one? Why he's would not. He, who said? Who said he's number one? Billboard. Billboard, bro. Man, Scott's got to put his glasses on. He can't see the list. My my, <laughs> D, my my DJ my DJ said he ain't number one. So get him off the list, Billboard. Yeah, he's he's, not number one. All right, there's, there's a little tease. We'll probably talk about this later after we form some opinions about this. But we'll probably do the. Uh, Top five MCs of all time, like next week on the show. And as always, if you're out there and you're watching right now and you want to have an opinion to weigh in, just send us a DM with your list and who yes, knows, we talk list about in. your list and bring it in too. But yeah, we, we'll, we'll put it on the show and scrutinize the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, but are yeah. we doing top 20 or are we doing top five? No, we'll do top five. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, but I just wanted to show Billboard, man. Billboard must be just going off like uh, commercial success because yeah, bro, that's the content, no, no, no. No. <clears throat> Ain't there. All right, let's bring uh, let's bring Berto back on. <clears throat> All right, so look, we got Berto back. So since we got Berto back, 
You know, let, let's fill him in on the other week while he's here. Berto, your top five mm-hmm. hip-hop groups of all time. Give me your five. We ain't got to go with a whole bunch of debate. If you don't know too much about hip-hop, give me what you know about hip-hop. Shit, are you kidding me? I taught Ty all he knows about hip hop. That's <laughs> bullshit. That's bullshit. All you know is Van Halen, bro. Come on now. All right. So, no, I one. also know Van Halen. Boy, you better be glad you're in California. We'd be going at it right now. That's some fighting words. <laughs> you mean some wrestling words? Um, wrestling. Number one for me is always going to be Tupac. That dude was lyrically. Poetically, I mean, I don't think there's anybody better. No, Number group, two. Group, so we're going groups. Oh, not, we're going MC, not MC, yeah, groups. Group, All right. group or duo. So Eric group B and Rakim is in the mix. For, uh, group or thanks duo. For, okay. Thanks for foreshadowing your list for next week. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that list is wrong. All right. Um, number one, it's got to be Run DMC. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, Wu-Tang would probably be in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Salt and Pepper's got to be in there for sure. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he said Salt yeah. and Pepper. Yeah, not Salt and Pepper and Spinderella. Hey, that's how us white people Spinderella cut it up one time. That's how us white people season our food, bro. Salt and Pepper, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know you ain't white. If you were white, you wouldn't put season in it. So, okay, so so you got Run DMC, uh, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, then Salt and Pepper. Yeah. Um. Uh, Damn groups, man. That that's that one's tough because I don't listen to a lot of groups. Um, I don't know that I would throw D12 in there. There were there were commercial Ooh. success for a little bit, but Ooh. I don't know that I would put D12 in there. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at those three. How about NWA? Uh well, you know. What about Tribe Called Quest? Oh man, see, Tribe Called Quest only had two songs for me. Huh? Marky for me, see now you really show, now you really showing you white, bro. Come on now. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to Marky Mark. You had the best ever. <laughs> Wu Tang for There you go. Yeah. Is, uh, is he for? Is Berto frozen for y'all? Yeah, yeah I love okay. that. He should be frozen. Like that. He's frozen. Yeah. That's that a cool picture, though. That that is. After that shit, he just Goody said he should hey, be frozen. Spencer Pillows, that's my dude. You're my, Spencer, you're my, you're my dude, Spencer. You're my dude. Goody Listen, Mo B, baby. The world froze him for that shit he said. He said <laughs> salt and pepper, man. Salt and pepper, he should be froze. That shit right there, that was that was the internet guys did that. Hey, uh, hey, 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 Scott, all he had to say was everybody from all the rap groups from down south are the best. We just we just do, we just do it better. That's what he should have just said. He said Tribe Called Quest had two songs. For him. For me. He had to be Out, for all. You got to gotta say Outcast. You forgot about, about Outcast. Uh-huh. A ball MJG. Man, we don't want to go over your list again. Ber- Berto is uh, up near Maryland. So, I'm trying to get Scott off yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> he, when he when he was in the states, not over in Costa Rica, he he lived up near Maryland, so uh, he liked the Maryland groups. Well, you you could take him down until he unfreezes himself. Maybe the world will fix him, and then we can bring him back. The scoundrels. Um, that's that, that, you that frozen picture. You should just put his top five on there and just stamp it right there. That should be a meme. <laughs> so well, four and five is just going to be Doc. <laughs> 
He should have said Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch if that was the case. Why you hating on Salt and Pepper? They were fine. They were fine, bro. But you talk about top five. You're going to put Salt and Pepper up there? Now, if you said female groups, then maybe they can go up somewhere. But uh, that, that's, that's just his opinion. I know. I, 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 opinions are like onions. <laughs> or like assholes. I was going to say or, asshole. Thank yeah. you, Birdo. <laughs> what is onions? What like layers? Like yeah, okay, you know, what I'm saying your eyes will start to water the more and more you peel it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here, here's here's I know it took us a while to get here, Berto, but All right. uh, so here, here's what I want to know. So knowing yourself now, mm-hmm. what is the most work you had to do in your transition psychologically? You know, maybe some bad habits you you had formed, some bad mm-hmm. thought processes that uh, kind of exacerbated any type of depression or whatever, because Mm -hmm. for me, um, I know that our phone calls are like therapy sessions, but you know, that's just because we're brothers, but you know, what did you have to do professionally speaking in order for, to have a, a good transition? I had to learn to use accurate language when describing things. Okay. We in the military are taught, to use very extreme language to describe a minor situation to then give people a sense of urgency to get things done. Mm. And the civilian sector, it don't work that way. I can't just sit and, you know, tell a coworker, you're a piece of shit. I need you to go do something and then go get a beer with them at five o'clock. That's true. Right. I re- like, I remember you and I arguing cause you wanted me to drive the commander around. I was like, bro, I ain't got an up armor license. And he's like, it's a fucking Humvee. I'm like, it's up armor. I'm not licensed on it. <laughs> bro, you know, I didn't have enough points to join the army. You want to take the rest I got? <laughs> right. So Man, you, you, know. you heard of the E4 mafia. Berto was the freaking Don Dada of the E4 mafia. <laughs> he looks like the Don Dada. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so I think that that was one of those things. The other thing is I needed to find something that created camaraderie, right? So yeah. that's, I think, what I was searching for. I mean, when I was in college, I was a member of like 13 organizations. Um, so I stayed busy. And I didn't realize at the time that I was trying to stay busy because I was avoiding dealing with shit, right? And could I identify what it, in mental health is called an index trauma? No. What I could identify was various events that had happened that compounded the effects, right? Uh, like, you know, uh, we were talking about one of our old master sergeants. He, I remember him coming into one of the, uh, slamming the door in, the sh- in his shop, and we shared a sea hut. And he was like, I can't believe I'm an MP unit. I can't find a gunner. I was like, well, I'm certified and everything. So what do you need? Next thing you know, we're going outside the wire. We're going to God. We're doing all these, you know, crazy things. And I was a combo guy, right? Like my job was to, you know, use combo grease and <laughs> load radios with comsec and shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I wasn't supposed to be kicking down doors and, you know, doing shit on the, in the field, right? I'm supposed to be and, getting shot at in, a, in right. the middle of the God Valley, right? Right. Well, yeah, I won't, that one was kind of hairy. We had two RPGs that went over the schoolhouse, and then we were in about an hour and a half to two-hour firefight, and then we had to pull security, you know, for 100% for the rest of the morning. But, yeah, I think, you know, using accurate language, um, finding activities that gave me a sense of purpose and a sense of camaraderie, and this is ultimately why I stuck around with autocross for as long as I have. I've been autocrossing now for six years, so that's the circle back to what you were referring to, Ty, with the cars. 
like, you know, I was able to buy a, a Civic Type R, you know, rare car, autocrossed it for five years. And now I up, upgraded or downgraded, depending on how you look at it, for a BMW M Roadster 06. It's the last S54 engine. So, like, it's it's those kinds of things, right? Like, you go to these events and people are willing to coach you and people are willing to just chat with you just because you see something that's cool versus, like, my days when I was drag racing, nobody wanted to show you jack, right? Like, it was like, you want to find out what I got, which, what I got under the hood? Put $1,500 down. Let's go. Mm. And that's just not how autocross works, right? It's more of a camaraderie. It's we want people to get better so that it's more competitive. Right. And those are the things that, you know, those are the two big things that I would say to anybody. One, you need to, you, you know, we do a great job in the military. I don't know about you guys' experience, but we do a great job of ramping up and getting ready to deploy. What we do a shitty job of is ramping down, True. right? So you're going to tell me that the, the, ramp, the ramp down procedure is, hey, guys, we just got back for the next seven days. You can't fucking drink. You can't drive. I don't know one soldier who did not drink or drive and potentially doing the both at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, right? that's, we've, we've talked that, about that, too, before. But like the mm -hmm. military is very, very good at preparing you to do your job. That's true. Amazing. Right. There's no other organization that will prepare you to do what you need to do like the military does. But what they forget is that one day you're not going to be in here. So right. there is a question out here that we just had. Uh, Joshua Morris said, what can someone do to prepare for the afterlife, a.k.a. not the military, before they leave? What kind of I know that you just described some things you had to learn. But if you had to give mm -hmm. anybody advice today on what they needed to do or what they could do to come out and be ready to go into the the jungle of Jurassic Park, what would you what would you give to them? Honestly, the the way the system is set up with ACAP and I think I think even the army changed the taps now. That program is garbage because at the end of the day, mission dictates, right? And guess what? Every time that you have an appointment at ACAP or TAPS, <clears throat> mission is going to take priority. All of a sudden you got a sensitive items inventory. All of a sudden you got to do this. You got to like you don't get a good amount of time to transition. And by the way, let's not let's not forget that the transition is supposed to start a year out. Everybody forgets that. Everybody thinks it's the last 30 days. Yeah. You're supposed to have 365 days to transition out, prep your resume, do all those kinds of things. The big thing is if you if you're looking for employment, take your resume to a resume writer. I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody who hires people and fires people, I don't give a flying rat's ass that you manage $20 million worth of equipment. That does <laughs> yeah. not tell me that you are good at your job. Yeah, it tells yeah. me that you can count. And that's <laughs> phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But right? That's a good point because every one of the resumes that we'll read from veterans right. is written like your performance evaluation because what matters right. in the military is saving that, money. That's right? Right. Mm -hmm. Save money. But what you never write about is the result of all the things you did. So a resume should right. really speak volumes to that. So that's a good point you made. Like, I don't care how much yeah. money you say. It's funny because some of us, like Al and I both do talent acquisition too. So like reading resumes every day, mm -hmm. I can point the veteran out two seconds. Absolutely. You know, like, man, like great. And, and it's a whole bunch of evals, words, right? Evaluations, mm -hmm. like, you know, resulting in the, the, uh, the increased performance and efficiency. Like they're putting so many adjectives into the resume. You're like, dude, just say that you went to work while you were there. I mean, that's really what you're saying, you know? So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, to answer, to answer that question that just was on screen, I think what can really be helpful is 
asking the veteran what it is that they need support with. I think, you know, it, it's, we're the experts on ourselves. Only we know what we've been through and what we can handle and what we can manage. And a lot of times, you know, it's not that we need space, but we need, you know, we need a safe place to express ourselves and to be able to manage it. Right. And so I've been very fortunate with all the leaders that I've worked with, uh, who have supervised me all the way up until now, I've always had that safe place. And I could always talk like a veteran, never had to really worry about, you know, oh my God, I just used, just said motherfucker with my supervisor, I'm going to get fired, right? I always had that safe place. And I think that's the key, yeah. providing that safe place for that veteran to process, talk about, bitch, whatever it is that they need to do to get ready to do the actual mission. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, one of the, one of the lessons that I learned in school is this thing called the feminine perspective, which, oh my God, it, it is revolutionary when you start putting things in this context. So here, here's what the crazy thing is. The masculine perspective is we don't care how the mission gets done. What we care about is the mission got done. The woman's perspective or the female perspective is the how is equally as important as getting the mission done. Right. And in the civilian sector, we, we need to be caring about collateral damage of our anger outbursts or our moods and those kinds of things where, you know, praising somebody and telling them, hey, you did a good job. I really do appreciate that. That's mm -hmm. much different than giving somebody a good game and say, hey, I'll buy you a beer this weekend. Right. Same, same message, but delivered in a much different environment. I think we as veterans also need to be adaptable to the, the work culture. We're going from one style of work culture that's very mm -hmm. rough, very roughneck, right? Cursing is like, I mean, hell, we can use fuck in a sentence and only use that word <laughs> and never, you know, and everybody knows what you're saying. That's the crazy part, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but in the civilian sector, when you need to express yourself, right, especially when you're frustrated or stressed and you're dealing with high-ranking people, you can't go, hey, this fucking fuck over here is fucking up. Right. Like you just cannot do that. That's not how professional uh, the professional uh, arena works. Yeah. So toning down the language a little bit can be very helpful. But again, for the employer, it's, you know, providing that safe space for the veteran to to do what they need to do to accomplish the mission. Yeah. Hey, before I got it, I got to address two things real quick. I know we're mm -hmm. running time. One, shouts out to my man, Joseph Williamson. That's Master Chief Joseph Williamson. That's who I went across with in my chief uh, when I got selected. We got selected together. So shouts out to my man, Master Chief now, Joseph Williamson. All right. The other thing is, so my sister say about your comment of your top five, she say, hey, why they can't be top five? Because they're female. That's sexist, bro. No, it's not. I'm just keeping it one thou wow. And the reason why I say that is because when we say top of all time, and you say that, give me, just real quick, since you said it, give me your best salt and pepper lyric, four bars. I'll oh, wait. shit. I'll wait, because you said, <laughs> you said, of all time. <laughs> so, so, you well, know, people, people want to well, say. Stop, yeah, stop. No, I don't no, want to no, say no, nothing. No, no, no. They want to say the sexist thing. Oh, that's sexist because they can't be top five because they're female. Nope. 
And that's my sister's voice. I love my sister. My sister know I love hey, Scott. her more than more hey, than Scott. hot wings. But Scott. you gotta give me your top four bars of salt and pepper, and I'll wait. Then then I'll say, okay, you know what? I was wrong. But until then, we going. Uh -huh. Well, you're gonna be waiting for a while because you know Tom affects the memory. <laughs> PTSD affects the memory, hey, bro. You're gonna be waiting for a long time, Scott. Here's the other sad truth: male rappers make more money. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna go there, but I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of a, a bar from Salt and Pepper. So, let me see. So, ooh, push it, push it good. Um, done. Hey, you over there? Why don't you give me a kiss? I know you. Uh, what do you say? Uh, hey, you oh, better make man. it fast or else I'm going to get pissed. or else I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> Can't you feel the music pumping hard like I wish it would now push it. Push it. Right, okay. that? So hold on. So if you're going to talk so much trash, how you know all the lyrics? Yeah. How you know all the lyrics, Scott? I'm a if they ain't that good, how you know all the lyrics? I'm a DJ. How do you know all the lyrics? I'm a DJ. There's not too many songs that I'm not going to know the lyrics to. But when I'm talking, I take seven MCs, put them in a line, and add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. But it'll take seven more before I go for mine, and that's 21 MCs at the same time. Come on, 21. Man. Now, that's, that's some bars. <laughs> hey, you over there, why don't you give me a kiss? You better make it fast, or else I'm going to get well, pissed. Consider also the type of music and the type of people that you're going to be around. Right. Yes, you feel the one, music. one, you talk about hard. hanging out with all dudes. You talk about Salt and Pepper, you hanging out with the females, bro. Can't you feel the music pumping hard? Like, I wish you would. Now push it. I, and I will later. Push it real. Good. <laughs> hey, so let me, uh, let me get back to this question because I, I want to make sure we answer this question from uh, the clinical perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, when should you start planning your next steps? He has, uh, Josh Morris has two years and 11 months. When should someone start looking, talking to other people? Now, Josh, are you talking about for like therapy? Are you talking about for like changing your career to get a job? I mean, you should look at both of those uh, almost simultaneously to try to figure out what you're going to do for the next step, right? Like it yeah. takes time to get there. You need to prepare yourself. I mean, yeah. what I would do is I would reach out if retirement. you're looking for retirement. Yeah, I would reach out to guys that you served with that have already retired. Ask he knows them what, hey, you know he's going to call? He's going to call well, Big Daddy Ask Al. them what their shortfalls are. Ask them what they struggled with. Ask them the mm -hmm. things that they struggled with in job interviews, right? Like Berto was talking mm -hmm. about it. Should I put like that I was the number one chief of 500 in my resume? Like nobody cares about that anymore. What they care about is right. that you can do the job. So the earlier you can talk to people that are already on this side of the fence, the best you're going to be prepared to go yeah. to that side of the fence. And here's the other thing. If you know a lot of guys that work in different industries and you really want to land a job, go find somebody that's doing something that can help you because just like the Navy, the army, the Marines, all the services, if you know the right person, then you'll mm -hmm. find what you're looking for. So, yep. you know, reach out to the veterans that are already out there. They're everywhere. Yep. You just got to find people that you can ask questions to. That's what I would say. Right. I mean, that's absolutely the uh, the point of the triple threat vet platoon, uh, because I want all the listeners to be a network for people that are transitioning. So we're going to have people yeah. like Berto on that can wax product about this, you know, this MOS. I mean, that's the whole reason I wanted different. I wanted different cultures. I wanted different perspectives. I wanted different military people on this podcast so that we can cast a very wide net. And if anybody's got a question that listens, you know, to the triple threat vet platoon, then we'll be able to answer those questions. And I do think that's yeah. the most important part. Get with some people that did that yeah. and then got out and have been out yeah. five, six years. I mean, yeah. 
think about this. I had one of my most revered hero sergeant majors that was getting out of the army. I'm not going to say who his name was, but he actually called me and was and asked, you know, in effect, what's it like out there? And then my wife was going to help him with his resume. This dude could probably say his name and get a job, but he was still thinking about that because yep. I mean, he was a sergeant major. He was, that's what he gets paid. Right. I think all those good thoughts, but go ahead, Berto. Right. So the other thing that I would say is start building your resume now and look at the KSAs knowledge, skills, and abilities that are posted on all job postings. And you're going to custom tailor that resume to meet those requirements. That is, that is the best advice I can give you, right? The, the resume is going to get you in the door. You need to be able to sell it. Mm -hmm. And one of the ironic things is we're taught, right, as service members that we need to be humble, right? So when people tell you good job, you, most of us will say, oh, I'm just doing my job. I'm, you know, thank you. That's the wrong fucking answer. You're discounting what that person is saying to you, right? You should be grateful that that person took time out of their day to pay you a compliment. So with resumes, man, it's all about the KSAs. It should be a living document. You should be updating it every time that there is a new change in your career, whether it's a new position, whether it's additional responsibilities, your resume should always be ready. Absolutely. No, that's great. Mm -hmm. So, hey, Scott, you see that your sister's over here Googling lyrics right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, hey, my sister's going to be on it. I'm going to tell you right now. She's going to be on it. You know, Red going to be on it. Yeah, for sure. But so I, I think I a, it is a good point, though, to to, to jump out and uh, somebody put it, Lonnie Lerstner put, get yourself into the community out in public, too, right? Yeah. Start mm -hmm. to go to events that are not veteran focused. You don't have right. to be with the command events no more. You don't have to be around all the people in the military anymore. Yeah. Start to go things that are in the community and start mm -hmm. to get uncomfortable where you know you have a space to go to the next week to go to work to figure out like, okay, this is how we're going to be here. Because once you're out, then that's when you're going to feel like you're on an island. So the better you can prepare yourself, the better that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And many of us tend to isolate because we feel we're not comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So the best words that I ever heard during a deployment was in 05, our chaplain. I didn't understand them then, but now I, it is very clear to me. By deploying, you just made the abnormal normal. When you come back stateside, the normal is now abnormal, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're deployed, yep. that high stress, that high, that, you know, that, um, hypervigilance, you know, all of that, right? You're at operating at such a high level of anxiety and stress that when you get back stateside, now all of a sudden your spouse is paying for all the bills, right? She's managing the house. And like, all of a sudden you want to come in like King Big Dick and fucking take over the house. And guess what? You're just going to fuck up her system and that's going to create more issues between you guys, right? So understanding that what is normal is now abnormal to you because you have deployed, right? It's never going to be the same. When I drove from Tennessee to California for my, my current job, I've, my wife highlighted that I was moving, um, changing lanes and underpasses and she couldn't understand why, right? I still catch myself doing fives and 25s, even though I know I'm safe, right? Uh, hell the other day, I bullshit you not. I was having some kind of night terror and I reached for my M4 that would always sleep to my left. Right. For no reason. It was just an automatic 
behavior. Like I, I woke up, I was startled. I reached for it. And then it took me about five, six seconds to realize, oh shit, I'm in bed. <laughs> like I'm good. Right. right? But it still, it still happens, right? We still, it's um, in mental health, we call these automatic behaviors. We've done these behaviors so much that you don't even think about it, right? And so that's one of those things, right? Like yelling at people and driving aggressively and all that shit. Yeah, we did that shit downrange and that was fun. We would kick, <laughs> we would hit cars to get them out of our way, right? But you're not going to be able to do that because somebody cut you off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. You should drive around Houston a little bit. Or, yeah. or, or, or Berto, if you give me one of them free cars you was talking about earlier, I could do that shit in Florida. You give me one of them free cars, bro. <laughs> but hey, Berto, I really appreciate yeah. you uh, coming on the show. I, I'm sure, I'm sure, sure you're going to be a friend of the show. We're going to probably sure. have to call you in for therapy sessions uh, every now and then ourselves. But yeah. I mean, I learned something from this guy. Like I, I, like I said, we had a very unique friendship. I was mm -hmm. the NCOIC. I was in charge of him for most, you know, in charge of him, quote unquote, but I knew this guy was more than just one of my soldiers. He was literally my best friend in the, at Fort Campbell, probably in the military, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. So we had a very unconventional relationship and it, it was, mm -hmm. don't get, Hell don't I, get excited you, out. <laughs> you moved in, you moved in. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fact, so listen, listen. I lived with him in my transition between, uh, Poor Campbell and Y Sand. So yeah. yeah. And Ty moved in uh, uh his wife, now wife, right? And I'll never forget, man, it took about 17 coats of paint to fix the bathroom that she painted doo-doo brown, bro. <laughs> 17 coats. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, she painted uh, look, she could she I think she was out of work, right? She was out of work or something. Yeah, and, we were we were testing your house, all the accent walls that we knew we wanted uh -huh. to put in the condo in Las Cruces. <laughs> So we were yeah. testing that shit out on your house just to see if we liked it. Yeah, yeah. obviously you never went with Doodoo -doo Brown in the bathroom, neither. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that shit we took got forever. That, though. This house had yeah. that in, in one of the bedrooms. But anyway, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. I remember a conversation we had in 2005 where you said uh, that uh, I was aware of myself. And from a very early time, I was, I don't know, in Kosovo in 2001, I realized that there's going to be a lot of traumatic events that are going to happen for this uh, career that I'm about to undertake. So I was never the guy that would, would uh, call, it, call it a stigma, I guess, uh, to, to talk about yourself. I used to require that my guys, after we came back from a deployment, made that right turn and go talk to the guy behind the curtain, you know, talk to the wizard a little bit because uh, not only just deploying with me, but also, the environment that I realize now that I created was an extremely intense environment because I pushed people's buttons because I deployed so many times that I wanted to know exactly where their breaking point was. And, I, and what Berto has helped me realize from the time I knew him until now, or time I first met him until now, our relationship has kind of grown into where at the beginning I was, you know, his mentor in, in a way. And then now this dude is literally helping me with, you know, my rage or helping me understand exactly what he's talking about. All these things he talks about when he's in that, that crazy ass traffic uh, in San Francisco, we're on the phone, you know, and, and he's guiding me through this stuff. So Berto, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And then uh, do you have anything to say there before we pop out of here? I wouldn't, I would rephrase what you just said. I think you created an environment of excellence and anything beneath that was not a good job, right? We needed right. to be on top of everything. And we, 
both deployments, we deployed with very short staff. Our MTO was 10 staff and we were, you know, Afghanistan, we deployed with five, right? right. And, and if you take away the SIGO, which we likely will, that leaves four. And the other right? guy, <laughs> and the other guy that didn't do any work either. So it left uh, us. No, that, it, yeah, yeah, it left us there. And then when we got to, to Iraq, that was a whole different environment. And it was like, you know, we needed to step up and, you know, command decisions are not always the best, man, you know, and we fought tooth and nail with our chain of command, but they respected us. They knew that we were good at our job and that made the difference, right? There were so many things that we went through where EXO stepped in, right? Other companies messed up and I'm cussing out their commander and first aren't. And all of a sudden, right? My sergeant major and my, com my commander are praising me because I did the right thing, right? It's all of those things combined, right? I look back at our career and particularly mine, I had a very non-traditional career, right? I came in at 27 as an E1, worked my way up to an E4. As an E4, I took over a battalion combo shop, right? Like who, who does that as an E4 in an E7, E8 slot? Me. Nobody. <laughs> well, yeah. Ah. <laughs> but, that, but that's why we both got suckered into going to the Iraq. I, no, right? I, was, I wanted to be like you. I couldn't. I was very competitive. Mm. Once, I, once you did that the first time, I was like, okay, I'm about to come back and do this as well. Right. <laughs> that, goes, that goes back to a true example of got your six, right? Right. You guys had each other's six the whole time. And the same flag, same old, the whole thing goes, it all comes aligned. Roberto, man, I want to appreciate you for coming out and giving us giving us those uh words of wisdom, man, those bullets that we can take. Appreciate you, man. I know you froze up on the screen, but you know, we should have said salt and pepper, bro. Should have said salt and pepper. Should have said that shit. I, I, can't help, said that shit. I can't help what happens for that. <laughs> I know I gave you some shit, but you my man. I appreciate you coming out. All this right, man. I appreciate all y'all, man. You know, this is amazing. I'm, 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 I'm very surprised that I was the first one on. So wow. appreciate you guys. Shouts out to Red and Mariah. You know, I love y'all. This is the Triple Threat vet podcast your man matt j your man al don't call him albert or you get your ass kicked hero my man ty Cobb, <laughs> my guest birdo and i am dj royalty and we are the triple threat best i want to see y'all next week tune in be ready because we're coming for you triple that triple threat vets and we